When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Eight 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 Sport. Be part of the action with our quick and easy app. In-play betting with thousands of markets to choose from on all the best sporting action. Plus, follow the latest trends and see what others are backing with our all-new bet feed feature. Eight 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 Sport. Hello there, good evening and welcome to this very special Irish Examiner virtual Cheltenham preview event which has been brought to you in association with 888sport.com as we look ahead to the 2021 festival in the company of three of the sharpest pundits in Irish racing. Irish Examiner racing correspondent and top tipster Tommy Lyons, Irish Examiner racing columnist and fair to say Cheltenham royalty in Ruby Walsh and a very special welcome as well then to Mick Fitzgerald making his debut tonight on an Irish Examiner Cheltenham event. He's no stranger to top tips and he's no stranger to the cameras either. But first our host for this evening it's uh, Irish Examiner racing correspondent Mr Tommy Lyons. Yeah thanks Colm uh, you've done a nice job the intro there so it lets us kind of get on with matters at hand. Um, inevitably as we get closer to the festival there's going to be a couple of uh, hiccups along the way. We had a couple of them today in the news that Energimine will be out, Miss the Arkle and Time Hill is going to be out of the stairs. Uh, Ruby, a bit of disappointment in Clasutton? Yeah, there is, Tommy, but I think when you look at it rationally, it's a much bigger blow for Philip Hobbs. Uh, Willie Mullins mm-hmm. is in the lucky position of having appreciated and concertista on the same day that are favourites, let alone everything else he has at the meeting. I mean, you look at Philip Hobbs's yard, Time Hill is their flagship horse. It's a much bigger blow for them and for Richard Johnson. Um, and my heart goes out to them to lose to, to, to have a horse like Time Hill, who has been so progressive through the season, and to go wrong this close to the race. Um, I, I feel for them, I, I honestly do. Willie is in a fortunate position, as we all are, and Willie's to have such an army of horses. But for a big yard like Philip Hobbs's and to have your main horse go missing, uh, my, my sympathies with them. Yeah, look, they're, they're probably they're probably the two they're two big names, and they kind of rob us of maybe a couple of massive clashes during the week. Now we'll have plenty of those, and we'll probably go into detail about them a little later on. But um, Mick, the ground in Cheltenham, have you got a latest update? Maybe what what it is now and what we can expect next week. It's going to be very important to the to the outcome. Yeah, like Simon Claes came out yesterday and said that the ground is good to soft on both courses and on the cross country course. I was expecting it and almost hoping it was going to be a bit slower because we've had, I'm sure all you guys as well, there was a, a horse bus that came over to us. He couldn't travel on the boat because it was so windy. And mm-hmm. we all know what wind does. It dries. And it's dried the ground over here. And there's been a bit of rain around today. 
The forecast has got bits and pieces of rain, but nothing significant. And I think we could see the starting on Tuesday on good to soft ground. There's still plenty of water underneath the surface and it won't take much rain to change it. But at the moment, it looks like we're going to start off on good to soft. So we can be kind of looking forward and maybe looking ahead, maybe thinking as the, as the week progresses that it's going to get reasonably quick. It, it, it certainly could do. And, you know, God forbid we should be talking about that word water. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly hoping that doesn't come into the equation. And, you know, there is some rain around. Let's just hope quite a bit of it falls on Cheltenham because it won't take much to turn it. And the last thing that you'll need to happen is that they have to start watering it. Yeah, very much so. Uh, just good safe ground is all we want for the week. Ruby, expectation for the week ahead is going to be very, very different. I would normally be over there working. You, uh, fortunately, you actually will be able to be there. Mick, you'll be there yourself. Um, what are your expectations? It's going to be very, it's almost going to be quite weird, I'd say, even on track. Uh, what's it going to do to, to, is it going to make a difference to jockeys, to trainers, to staff, to horses, to the races themselves and to your own working week? I think for, for me anyway, Tommy, it'll be that the whole focus is solely on the racing. And yeah. I actually don't think that'll be a bad thing. There is no crowd. There is no sideshow. There is no fanfare. It is solely, completely and utterly about what's happening on the track. And I don't think that'll be a bad thing. I think there'll be a lot of good races. I mean, look at it. You start with, with the Supreme, which could be a cracking race, and all the way to the Mrs. Paddy Power Chase, or not even the Fred Wint, the Martin Pipe is the last race even. There's some big horses, some some big reputations going on the line. And this year, it's going to be totally and completely about what's happening on the track. I think it's kind of it's quite condensed. It's a bit like you said, our focus should be entirely on the racing, but there are there do seem to be very, very strong races. The quality overall seems to be absolutely massive. Do you agree with that, Mick? Yeah, I think so. But, you know, there isn't going to be that many social runners this year. You know, groups of lads who look, yeah. we'd really love to have a runner at Cheltenham. We're all going. We've gone for 20 years. It'd be lovely to walk into that parade ring and think you have half a chance. There won't be those sort of runners. So I think you're going to have quite a lot of horses sneaking into a few of those handicaps that might not normally have got in. So, you know, the, the handicaps will have an open look to some of them. Um, but the quality is, you know, we're in a privileged position. And I think that's something that's very important for us to understand. You know, we are in a position where we're able to go to Cheltenham. I'm able to get into the parade ring and look at the horses and see them up close. That is a privilege you know, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, we'll be hoping that we can convey that to everybody's had at home because one of the things that I struggle with sometimes when I'm watching racing on the TV is, you know, we need to show the people at home what we're able to see on the track. And I think that's really important. I think more so next week than any other because there'll be a lot of lads who love to see the horses up close, don't have that opportunity now this year. And it's very important that we give them that sort of access. It is an opportunity to kind of claw back a bit from last year. Cheltenham, and even though none of us did wrong by, by there was no government directive that we shouldn't go or whatever, but it, it did get a lot of bad press for the fact that uh, there were still big crowds there when the COVID was kind of developing. It's a bit of a chance to claw back and just show us what the best of what racing is about, really. It is, and as Mick says, like he'll be in the parade ring. I won't. <laughs> I'll be uh, completely segregated from the rest of the ATV team because I'll be part of the Irish bubble. I mean, the lengths and, and uh, the levels that Cheltenham are going to make this as safe as possible. And with respect to everybody that lives in Cheltenham town, 
Mm. It's just incredible. I mean, from the time all of the Irish horses, staff, anybody, people arrive there, be it from tomorrow night through Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you don't have any access to Cheltenham Town. You can't go to the shop. You can't get a takeaway. Um, everybody is confined to the race course. That is where you will live basically for the week. So they are making huge efforts to make sure that they claw back a bit of what publicity you got last year, and, um, which I still firmly believe was was wrong. Yeah, I firmly agree. Yes, I said we, we uh, you know, things change very, very quickly at that time, and it kind of it just, it just, it was, it was misfortune that it was during Cheltenham. It could have been any week. It just happened very quickly. Um, probably what we're going to do is move on. There's just plenty to talk about, and um, we probably try to keep this to roughly about an hour, not to go into into wild detail about it. But the Supreme Novice is a great way to start off. Um, punters obviously extremely keen. Good start, Ruby. Not, normally, or plenty of times, you've obliged for punters. Uh, is Willie going to do it again? Yeah, I think he will. I, I'm not sure appreciated as much value, Tommy, to tell you that got on his route at six to four, yeah. and I hope he's quick enough. He, he has a turn of foot, but you know, as Mick says, the ground is dry, and if he has the the pace to be able to travel comfortably in a two mile race going to Gallup, they'd be going. But I do have a feeling that the Irish novices could be a little bit ahead of the English ones but I think Blue Lord at 10 or 12 to 1 is better each way value than maybe appreciated is at 6 to 4 to win it Yeah I thought I know the ground was different last year make a saying it's going to be good to soft it was, I think it was a bit more testing in the bumper last year um, I, I felt appreciated was probably you know advantaged by where he was situated he was made very well at the end it's a shame that Fernie Hollow won't be with us this year I think I think a slight concern I'd have, and a lot of punters might have, is that I don't think Appreciated would be even looking at this race if Fernie Hollow had, you know, had had been sound through the year. I think he he could have been potentially an exceptional two uh, two miler. A um, little bit quicker ground, Mick, you might agree. With, a little bit quicker ground might be a concern for Appreciated. Have you something? Media is a, an ex Irish horse, um, Harry Fry's horse, has impressed over hurdles. Are you taken to him, or do you think he's up to it? Uh, I I was very cold on him at the start, but he he grew on me. I was impressed with him at Sandown on heavy ground. He's got he's a he was a very good flat horse uh, in Ireland, like you've said. He's a good jumper. Harry Fry's horses have been very in and out this season. You know he's he's had a little bit of form of late, but it's not that inspiring. I actually thought Bally Adam represented a little bit of value in here. Very strong traveller. I think he you know. What we used to have many years ago is you come to Cheltenham and you watch all the replays of horses, um, especially some of the races in Ireland. Heavy ground, they go steady, sprint. It turns. It, it's a bit of a farcical race sometimes. Mm-hmm. Then you get to Cheltenham and suddenly it's different ground. They go flat out and some of these horses suddenly get swept off their feet. And it's a different ball game. We might have that again this year. And if that's the case, it'll bring in a few of those other horses. I just I like the way Bally Adam finished the race off the last day behind Appreciated. He made a mistake at the last, which should have cost him a lot more than the distance he was beaten. I just think at a bit of value, I'd be I'd, I'm going to take on Appreciated with him. I think I, I kind of thought we used to use that ground thing as a bit of an excuse when we were only having maybe one, two, or three winners, but now the ground's <laughs> <so> many. <laughs> things have changed a bit. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite settled on how I think this race will be. I kind of want to take on appreciated um, just at the price. I think Ruby's right that, that it, it is plenty short enough, and it's quite, quite, it's reasonably strong in the machine. It's around about seven to four, that sort of price, even slightly under it. Um, Bally Adam, 
think probably has maybe a little bit too much to to find. Blue Lord is a horse that he, even behind Bob Ollinger over a longer trip, I thought he was quite impressed that he stayed with him so long. I think his horse is going to improve a lot. He is an each way bet. Um, we'll move along to the Arthur Officers Chase. Now that was a shame today to, to the news that an urge me would be out. And, um, I I think you're going to agree with me, Mick. Here, I would have been in the, in the camp that thought that Shishkin was going to win it anyway. I think he's a pretty special horse. He overcame an awful lot last year to win the Supreme. Things just went against him. I think he showed a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a fighting quality as much as anything else last year. But his class has been seen over fences this year. Ah, yeah, he he's got the wow factor. And we've seen that with the time he put up when he won at Kempton. His jumping was flawless. Uh, look, he's he's one of these horses that he stays really well over two miles. And you'd say, looking at him, that if he wanted to step up in trip, it wouldn't be a problem for him. Ruby will tell you, they're the sort of horses you love at Cheltenham. The ones that are strong stayers in races. Because so often, you get horses who arrive at the last, you press the button, nothing happens. You know with this horse that when you press the button, he's going to finish. And that's huge. I, I, you know, I'm gutted that an argument doesn't run because this was going to be one of the races of the festival. You know, all mankind in an argument setting off like bats out of hell, jumping out the gate. And then basically Shishkin looking like he might be a little bit cold in the early part of the race and then finishing the race off really strongly. I think one of the performances that I saw Shelton was like, when Masterminded won at Cheltenham he was awesome and like he blew everybody away but that was only because the race had been set up by the others going really fast and I think if that had happened in this race we would have seen the best of Shishkin I'm still hoping we're going to see the best of him and I think he'll win and I think he'll he'll be tough on the beat next year Ruby what way do you think that this race is going to go I presume all mankind he's kind of a foregone sort Captain Guinness potentially along with him yeah, he'll go with him. I'd say he'll go with him anyway, uh, Tommy. Um, all Mankind, Captain Guinness. You know Frank got a port to take his time. Black Bow, don't know. He's been held up the last twice. He might go forward if he's to run in this instead of the marsh. Um, but I'd agree with Fitzy. I think Shishkin is by far the best horse and as uh, ridiculous as it may sound, I think 4-7 to seven is value about him in this race. Yeah, I can't, school, I can't he, Tommy, he, I saw him jumping yesterday and you know, it's like it's normally like a warm up thing, but it I don't know about warm, but he was scalding hot watching him going up there. He, like he's very swift. I, I love it. I, 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 I love Everton about him. I think he won a Supreme last year when he shouldn't have. Everton went tear shape for him and he still found a yes. way to win. And that's what good horses do, like good football teams, like anything. When it's not going the way, they still win. And that's what he did last year. I think at official ratings too, it's a shame that an urgent won't be there. There wasn't much between them and official ratings, and it might have just kind of it might have it might have brought out the best in both. Uh, Should I put me in bad form talking about official ratings? Because all mankind's only rated four pints behind Sishkin. That I can't figure out. <laughs> Let's move on to 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 an absolutely what I what I think looks a really, really good renewal um of the champion herd Ruby. You're a big fan of Honey Sucker. I think you've 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 been impressed maybe more than ever this year what she's achieved and how she's done it. Yeah, I am, Tommy. And I look, last year when she won the Irish Champion Hurdle, she got back up to beat Petty Mouchoir. And I could see why they went to the Mayor's Hurdle. To me, that didn't scream like a performance that you'd be going to the Champion Hurdle with. And this year, it's the absolute opposite. She quickened up smartly to beat Ronald Pump at Fairy House and just hung on. And at the end, you're thinking, God, is she the Mayor she was? Then she went to Leperstown and absolutely 
blew them away. Like from the time she faced down the back, she just started building it up and building it up and she galloped them into the ground. I think it'll be a brilliant race. I, I'm an Appetant fan, but I think this year's renewal will be a different race to last year's. I think with Goshen, Aspire Tower, Silver Streak, uh, not so sleepy, I think this will be a really strong rerun race. And their horses, some of those have a chance. I mean, Goshen, you can't let them off. You can't let Aspire Tower off. So the rest of the field has to follow them. Last year, they could allow Petit Mouchoir to gallop along in front because he wasn't going to beat them. This year, they have to follow the ones in front. And I think for that reason, the shape the race will take, it'll become a stamina test. And I think that's what will suit Honeysuckle more than Epitant. Is it a, is it a battle between, between the mayors, Mick? I think so. Um, look, Goshen would be a great story. And who wouldn't begrudge the Moors a chance for a bit of redemption after what happened to them last year? I'm just, I think he goes a bit right-handed. On this track, on the old course, you're turning all the time. Okay, It doesn't really look like that on the telly, but you are. You're turning all the time. I think if he's going a little bit right added into that, I think it might not suit him. Um, I just feel that, like Ruby has said... I saw something in Honeysuckle last time that I didn't think she had. I didn't think she had that change of gear. And, you know, I think she sets a high standard in here. Um, The one thing I will say is that Epitant is better now than she was before. uh, Well, when she went into Kempton, you know, we thought everything was hunky-dory and she was going to win and win easy. Didn't happen for her. But she seems in good form. Better the ground, you'd say the better the chance for her. She looked very good when she won up at Newcastle on decent ground. So, you know, if it does dry and maybe that doesn't suit Honeysuckle, it might swing it a bit more in Epitone's favour. Looking, looking beyond the, the front two, uh, Ruby, uh, obviously Sharjah was runner-up last year. And, and actually, do you know what, the race might be run to suit that he might run into a place if he's ridden very cold. But James de Burley is obviously extremely interesting. I get the impression... Well, he's not going to come out and tell you, I think I'm going to win the champion hurdle with a horse that hasn't run for him. But just when you read things from him or you hear things from him, he seems to quite like James de Burley. And it's interesting that he's making the he's made the decision to actually run him this season when, as he admits, he's been bought to be a novice chaser. Yeah, look, he could run into a place, Tommy. Um, his style of racing in France was to be held up. So he could be coming from off the coming from the back of a really strong pace now Sharjah will be coming from there as well I don't think James de Burley will be quite as far back as Sharjah will be in the run but I just can't see enough of the front horses folding to allow the ones from the back to actually win the race I think James de Burley could be placed yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a cracking contest. It looks a really, really good renewal. There is a lot of pace in it now. The only thing is that you say that maybe maybe it might... Yeah, but they're good horses. Goshen, oh, yeah. Silver Streak, uh, Honeysuckle. They're not all going to fall in the hole. One mm. or two of those is going to keep going. Something will come and run into the money. But not all of those horses at the front of the race are going to fall in the hole. When I, when I saw Goshen on the flat in his form during uh, last season, when he kind of t- it, it, it seemed like he lost his form. And even over hurdles at the start... Can you really be back? Can you really be back to, to, to being a champion hurdle contender? Not on what we saw, like you say, Tommy, on the flat. You know, when he got beat by natural history at, uh, I think it was Goodwood, where he was behind him on the flat that day, that was a very ordinary run. Um, but what I will say is he looked good when he won the last day at Wincanton. Um, but I, I just feel that he had everything in his favour at Wincanton. It was right-handed, you know, 
I just think this is a different ball game altogether. You know, I really, I, I, I would be concerned more about the track than anything else. His good form was on that new course where there's only two hurdles in the last, literally the last mile of yeah. that. Whereas on that old course, there's a lot more hurdles to jump. You're turning a lot more. So that would be a negative for me. I think Charge is the each way best. Okay. He'll be ridden cold. He'll be ridden to come through. And I think if you're trying to nick a bit of place money, he's the one for that. Yeah, often an underrated horse. He's he's uh, he's he's achieved plenty in his career. In fairness, you know things haven't always gone his way. Uh, the mayor's hurdle, obviously, Ruby. It's a, a race that that uh, Willie has uh, dominated. Uh, looks like Concertista is gone odds on for this. Um, Roxana is probably is she going to go this stayer hurdle route? Maybe. I think that must be the the reckoning that mm. why Concertista has gone odds on. I don't know. Will she? I still don't see how Roxana turns the form with Paisley Park and intro in. Uh, Sire de Burley as well so I don't know I think Roxana's form is better than Concertista's if she was mine she'd be running here because I think Roxana has a better chance of beating Concertista than she does Paisley Park but look that's only my opinion Concertista is all potential she won the Mayor's Novice Hurdle last year her form is nowhere near as strong as Roxana's and damn the company was a good winner of last year's Coral Cup um, she's a good mare concertista but she has to go and deliver on the biggest stage all her form ties in with Manila Melody and beating Dolcita here last year I'm not sure that's anywhere near the form level that Roxana has I'm a I'm she, a huge Roxana fan Tommy yeah that's it that's a very it's a very good question Tommy for Ruby uh, concertista Ruby would you be as happy with her over two and a half as you would with her over two. She's won over two and a half the last day, Mick. Uh, my sister Sarah and Manila Melody went a really strong gallop and she came from well off the pace. She's not slow, concertista. She did get beaten plenty of times. And whatever way you look at it, Benny Didu, when she fell, needed to jump the last to beat Roxana. She couldn't have afforded to slow down and pop it. She wouldn't have won either way. And I, like, I'm not just certain looking at Roxana this year, that she has to have three miles. Um, I know with my mm. Willie Mullins hat on, I'm hoping Dan Skelton heads off to the stairs hurdler. I think she's going to run here, Tommy, Roxana. Okay. From all the noises we've been hearing over here, you know, it looks like Roxana is going to take her chance in this. Obviously, with Time Hill coming out, it throws a real spanner in the works, but they've still got Paisley Park to beat. Um, I think if Roxana runs in here, she wins. I really do. It's interesting. We're taking we're taking on a short one there. I tend to agree. I think Roxanne is a cracking mare. I think she's been underrated slightly. Um, yeah, a serious mare. The, the couple of handicap or national hunt chase, of course, we have to talk about. Um, I think if if they make the decision to run Royal Pagai here, I think he's the best in the meeting. I'll be honest about it. I don't like him for the Gold Cup. I think his jump will be put under pressure at a different pace completely. He runs in this race. I just think he wins. I agree. Yeah, what uh, the ground drying will that'll suit Galvin. Um, yes. he's a winner at the, at the track on decent ground. He's a very good jumper. He was second in the big handicap last year. Um, like I think if, when they if they confirm Royal Pagai for this, I think he'll go short, and I think he'll go very short. And I think Galvin will look a very attractive price. Um, I would take him on with. I'm going to take him on with Galvin. I just think he's proven at the track and. He's ticking an awful lot of boxes. We can't. We, we, there are many of the horses, and I don't really want to go into the whole Gordon Elliott side again. But like, is there any way of making you know having any gauge? I was just going to have to wait and see with all the horses that they moved. They moved yards. 
I, I don't know, Fitzy. I think they'll be fine. I mean, it's too close. It's it's only two weeks. I mean, what was Gordon going to do with them in two weeks? When he kicked them over, they're, yeah, yeah. they were plenty fit. And I don't get the whole moving yard thing. I, look, Galvin is eight, is he? Seven, eight. Galvin, seven. Seven, yeah. You're not sending, uh, it's not like sending a 12-year-old off to boarding school. You're sending people off to college. They're old enough to adapt, and like if you were, if they were going to the Melbourne Cup, they'd be in quarantine in Newmarket for a fortnight, and no one would say boo about it. So I don't think it's that big an issue myself. The um, there are a couple of handicaps on the first day. The Ultiman, uh, Mickey might be placed to give us some sort of idea. It's a difficult. Race. Yeah, do you know, I I really like I write in here. Um, very often people say, you know, you're looking for a young pretender, one that's not been found by the handicapper, not been found by the market. You look at the horses that have won this race. It's been won by horses that have been around a little bit, like the conditional won last year. He had mm. solid form coming into it. I Wright's form is better than any of these. Like he was placed in a Ladbrook. He was placed in a Charlie Hall. He's a very good jumper. Dickie Johnson rides him. Basically, you know, Marriage made in heaven. Dickie will gun him, and you know, it, I think he's a he's a really good bet at ten to one. Ruby, any opinion? On no, that? no opinion, Tommy. No opinion on it. Um, I'm an Iride fan, but I have I no know. opinion on the rest. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to have um, an opinion on the uh, Fred Winter or the Boodles, as we call it. Uh, Willie has a very likely type in Saint Sam. Yeah, I couldn't guarantee you he'll run. It's the only thing. Uh, I do think Connections want to go to the Triumph. This is a definitely a weaker race. Um, he's a rating of 139, which would look workable for him. Um, and it's a much weaker race. Hogree is your favourite. Coltor at Dermot Wells has been well mapped out for it. John Joe Jr. rides him. I think Bustleton could be interesting as well. But um, look, Tommy, till I see declarations and handicaps, not for speculating on them. Tend to tend to agree. Let's move on, and we move quite quickly from here. We have we've uh, we we spent quite a bit of time, but the, I think the first two days of the days where, where where punters are going to get the money if they're going to give it at all. So uh, the Ballymore is a, looks a cracking contest. There are some here. Uh, Mick, you you spoke a little bit earlier on about Brave Man's game. You said you've seen him recently blowing Paul's. Um, he is a horse towards the head of the market. What do you make of him? Oh, I love him. I love him, Tommy. He, he looked really good when he won at Newbury. Like he, he's got a turn of foot. He's a strong traveler. He's a good jumper. And yeah. he's the only thing I would say looking at him when I saw, I, I was really impressed with him when I saw him at Newbury when he won. And I saw him, I was down at Paul's the other day and I thought to myself, you know what? This horse is going to be so much better next year when he's a little bit stronger. And that's the only, like if, if I'm to find any negative about him, I can't knock his form. I can't knock what I've seen of it. Yeah. But the only thing I would say is he looks to me like he's going to be a better horse physically next year. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you get a horse like Denman who came in here. He was the good thing and he got beat because he probably just wasn't the finished article. Because he got a poor ride. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that, Ruby. But... <laughs> that would be my only concern about Brave Man's game. I think his form is up to it and it's the best of the UK horses. But I just, I just worry that uh, maybe he's going to be a better horse next year. Uh, Ruby, we're sending over a strong challenge, Gerard Minil, and uh, obviously uh, Bob Ollinger, who's uh, been impressive too. I mean, he seems to be the one for all the support. He's gone quite short, actually, nine to four ish, that sort of price. A clear favourite, Bob Ollinger. 
Yeah, I'm a fan. Um, I think, look, both horses were beaten in a maiden hurdle the first time up. But one was beaten by by Fernie Hollow. The other was beaten by Hall and And I know Galliard de Mesnil beat Mr. Incredible then at Leperstown and he went on to beat Glens of Antrim at, at Nace. But I just prefer Bob Ollinger's form and I've always been impressed with him. And um, I think he's the most likely winner. For value, Bear Gills could probably be the value. Okay, uh, I think it's a, crack, a cracking contest. There, we'll move on to Ruby to, to the to the what they call what we call the RSA. I don't think anybody's going to go against Monkfish. He really he just looks a bit special, doesn't he? He does. Does everything right. Good traveler. Good jumper. Good mentality. You know he stays. He won the Albert Bartlett. He's ridiculously short. Um, you know, do you double him with Shishkin? Do you double him with Shaq and Pursois? Do you treble him with Envoy Allen and Shishkin? Um, I think the novice chases are the best races potential wise they're three really short price favourites um, and I think this fella's rock solid and it's like looking at Shishkin and looking at Envoy Allen on the Thursday Tommy it's pick the horse to beat them I can't yeah. pick a horse in any of the three races to beat the favourite and if you took them out of Cheltenham and ran out of a Thursday and just said this is a normal novice chase Monkfish would be one to four Shishkin would be one to four and Envoy Allen would be one to four but because it's Cheltenham they're only barely odds on they all should be shorter than they are in the races they're running. It's, um, it's, it's the fact that Monfish has had some good tests on the way, including over hurdles. It's just great to see that he keeps coming out on top. He does look the real, real deal, doesn't he? Uh, he, uh, you know, I really think he's one of the most exciting young horses around. I, I did the walk back interviews last year at Cheltenham, and I walked alongside Paul Townend uh, mm. after he'd won on this fella. And I've got long arms, and even I, even I couldn't reach up to Paul Townend because this horse is a monster. Like he's huge, and for him to win a race at the Cheltenham Festival over hurdles, I think shows you how good he is. And like last time, it was over two five. Everybody thought, "Oh, will he be as good back in trip?" As good, he was so impressive. You know, and look, I've said it all along, but. I think if this horse ran in the Gold Cup this year, he'd win. I think he's that good. Fortunately, the, the, it was it was never a conversation. I think I think the, the stable might think they have that one covered. Um, he, he he does look, he does look entirely special. I, I think he's the one favourite of the week that that nobody be trying to get beaten. He just looks absolutely sensational. Ruby, the champion chase. This is a favourite that potentially could take on Shaquem Pursois. Michael, tell us plenty about Al Jordan in a minute, but Shaquem Pursois. Again, Mick, I don't know what you're going to take or uh, Tommy, what you're going to take him on with. Um, Altior was an incredible racehorse and I saw mm. the back end of Altior more than anybody else. Um, but I just don't know at 11, is he still that racehorse? Um, he wasn't a Christmas. There's no way Nuba Negra would beat the real Altior, but he did a Christmas. Politolog, to me, was a lucky enough winner of it last year. The race fell apart. First flow, I think, has to go right-handed. What's going to be Chuck and Bourgeois? Put the kettle on. Wasn't in the same parish as him in, in Leperstown or Christmas. Can't see how she does it. He's a good jumper. He's a strong traveller. I think he would win over further. And I actually think he'd be better on better ground. His best performance thus far, or as a novice, was in Punchestown on good ground. Mm. So I think he's a horse that'll improve on good ground. They're all about sticking cheap pieces on Altior. And he'd be a brilliant horse and it'd be a fairy tale result. But I just don't see it. And I think shocking is rock solid. Mick, Altior, turn back the clock. I, I hope so. I'd love to see it. Like he, The one theme that occurs every year with Cheltenham when you look at the results is horses that have got previous form at the festival turning mm. up year and year. 
and delivering the goods. He he's one that's won four times at the festival. There's no doubt on his form and on what we've seen of him, he doesn't look as good as he was. He's just lost that air of invincibility. Um, but what I will say is he's going to have cheap pieces on. He has he schooled yesterday morning. Now, the first thing Nicky said after watching him school is, now tell me that horse needs cheek pieces. Because Shishkin wouldn't have been able to go with him the way he went up with that schooling ground. But, you know, he's always schooled well. But what I will say is he comes in here, he loves Cheltenham. And you know he's going to get outpaced. And you hope then he's going to start to run. Because, you know, he is a good horse. But what we've seen of Shaq and Pursois at Leopardstown, He's going to be a tough nut to crack. He's still to do it at Cheltenham, though. And that's the only thing. If you're a fan of every other horse in the race, that's the one thing you're hanging on to. He's never done it at Cheltenham. Yeah. Put Kettle on, to be fair to her, does come alive at Cheltenham. But she's, nothing suggests maybe that she's up to that standard. I can see her running into a place, but uh, I don't think she's going to beat uh, the top couple in the betting. I don't see Noob Negro win the champion chase, to be honest. Uh, champion bumper, lads. Uh, Crut, Ruby, was that was that as good as it looked? Are you uh, at Christmas or the Dublin Racing Festival? I don't know, Tommy. And he's a tall, skinny horse that doesn't take a whole pile of work. So he doesn't get worked hard at home. I can't really tell you anything about Sir Gerhard, only that Willie Mullins has him nine days and he's bay and he's a white face. Um so we don't really know. I mean, his form is rock solid. He looks fit. He looks well. Um, but everybody knows as much about him as we do. Uh, but I do think Ramales is overpriced at sixteen to one. I think he's improved a hell of a lot for the, for his run at the Dublin Racing Festival. And I think that race was just too strongly run. So um, I think he has a chance. Interesting at a price. Mick, have you anything that, that you've taken uh, on top of the market? The, the, some of the the UK trained horses now don't look anything special. Uh, Wonderwall. Uh, he won nicely at Ascot, uh, and I know the lads that own him. They've actually had a few quid on him um, to be placed. So, look, it, it's a speculative bet. I, I do think that this one will be going back across the water. Yeah, it kind of looks that way. Uh, we, we, yeah. we'll, we'll skip the handicaps on, on, on the day. Uh, the Marsh Novices chase at... Uh, in violin, what a star he is. What an absolute star he has always looked, in fairness to him. He's won a couple of times at the Cheltenham Festival. Going to be three? For me, definitely. I think his jumping has been rock solid. I've loved him since he won in Down Royal. I love how sure he is of what he's doing himself. He doesn't need any help to jump. He knows exactly what to do. I think he's an absolute monster. And look, he's a shade of odds on as well. But Shamblu is a fair horse. Chantry House not so sure Tradham Street lad won a handicap really impressively back in December uh, Fusil Raffles if the ground got really dry is probably overpriced to be placed at 16 to 1 because he'd really like that but um, I just can't see it and beaten in by Alan can you make no to be honest the, the only concern obviously is you know you're, you're clutching at straws He he's looked really good on, on slow ground if the ground does dry and it, you know that's the only thing you're saying or might just bring a few of the others into the race. But, you know, Shan Blue is a very, very good jumper. Um, but then again, so is Enbualen. Um, I think Shan Blue will be suited to the race. Chatham Street, lad, I think, is the value bet each way. Um, he was he looked really good when he won a handicap at the track. Again, course form comes into it. Like, he didn't just win that handicap. He absolutely bolted up. And never at any stage, 
when you looked at him from three out, did you think he was going to get beat? And like he won very easily. I know he had very little weight and he's gone up a fair bit in the ratings, but he's a big price in here for a horse that is proven at the track. And I just think at an each way price, he's the one for me because I think MYLN is going to go very short. Yeah, I just love the fact that he, last year MYLN looked in trouble as a turn for home. And in a matter of stride, he, he had the race in the bag again. I think he's just a, he's an impressive beast. We seem to be saying a lot, and it kind of goes back to what we said earlier on. There seems to be an awful lot of really, really top-class talent around at the moment, Monkfish and the likes. We're talking about a Shishkin as well. It's, it, 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 it could be a rare a rare time for us. Uh, the Ryanair chase, has anything there, Ruby? This is, this is quite an interesting uh, race. You know, Willie has plenty of... Which one would you go with? Um, logic is mean. He's a five-time grade one winning over fences. He won the race last year. That said, I thought Paul Townend gave him a brilliant ride to win last year. And I don't know, has he got that much in hand? He beat St. Calvados, who reopposed. Alaho is a grade two winner over fences. He's won a beginner chase in a grade two. Uh, Mellon, good old Mellon. You could probably bring him to the Cheltenham Festival and he'd be second to Shishkin on, on Tuesday, to Monkfish on Wednesday and to Envoy Allen on Thursday. He just loves finishing second at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, but... Logic tells you mean, but at 10, can he be getting any better? He has to overcome a poor run the last day. I think he'll overcome that, but is he just vulnerable? Alaho's only a seven-year-old. I think he's ran at the Cheltenham Festival at the wrong distance twice. I think this will suit him much better. I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to pick. <laughs> I think I'd fail. I, I, I mean, as a horse that frustrates me, I can't seem to get, her, get him right. I think he falls maybe, I, I know he's one grade one, but he falls maybe a tiny bit short of the very top class. But maybe he won't have to be a, a superstar to win, to, to win again. Alahoy, I'd slightly prefer Mick. Um, I as actually as really like, yeah, I, I really like um, St. Talbot in here. Uh, the trainer, Harry Whittington, had a terrible season. His horses had a virus and he just never, like, I think he went something like 68 days without a winner. And, you know, he has a decent team of horses. So, like, he was getting very frustrated. They ran this horse in the King George. He travelled really well in the King George and then faded. Then they ran him in the Cotswold Chase behind Native River at Sandown. And he unseated his rider before the race really hotted up. Um, they're running him back in here. He only got beaten a neck by Min last year. Um, he was coming again at the end. I just think at the prices, he's definitely the one for me. I think he'll, I cannot see him out of the money. Yeah. Excellent. Let's move on to, to, to the, um, the stairs hurdle. Obviously lost a little bit of it. Uh, it's with the with time hill, uh, the news today. Paisley Park has come back to form. It's good to see. I don't think he's a million miles ahead of everything else in the race. It's probably quite an open race. I think we could probably find something at a price maybe against him. Ruby, could you find something? I think there definitely is. Look, I think time hill was unlucky at, at Ascot. I think when he jumped to second last and Richard Johnson had to commit him and he got away from the field, he pulled up. And that's the only reason Paisley Park got him back. And he mugged him in the last three strides. I think even if he got to the time hill earlier, Time Hill would have rallied. Um, clock watchers will tell you that Sarah de Burles per Thames performance was a better one than Lisnagar Oscars in the Stairs Hurdle. They both were the same day last year. So that has to give Sarah de Burles a good chance. And I thought Lisnagar Oscar ran really well in Haydock, his first run after a wind operation. The stats say the second run is often horse's best run, um, but he will need a really strong gallop, which he might get from Flooring Porter uh, being mm -hmm. a front runner in here. 
But um, I think the two of them, Liz Nagar Oscar at 9-1 to one and Sarah de Burley at 9-2, to two, are probably opposition to the favourite. Nick, do you see opposition? No, I don't. I think okay. I couldn't see, like, uh, you know, I'm going very much against Ruby here. Like, I couldn't see Time Hill turning the farm round with Paisley Park. Um, I thought Paisley Park did very well to win at Ascot. Um, uh, Ruby rode big bucks to win several stairs hurdles. Paisley Park, very similar profile. You know, races lazily. You think, oh my God, he's in trouble. And then suddenly he's banged there. He's got, he's an unbelievable horse, this. Um, obviously, it wasn't ideal what happened to him last year. He was beating a lot of and they found that he had a fibrillating heart. But failing that sort of um, problem, I, I, I think he'll win. I think he'll win easy. Yeah, I think I think I think that um, if 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 um, if Roxana doesn't run here, it probably it will help them a bit. Not to say that she she could be in the frame. She probably isn't strong enough to beat them. And the mare's not a burden, Ruby. This is quite open, maybe more open than we've come to uh, expect in recent seasons. It's been kind of we've had something that we could cling on to. Uh, Ruby's or Willie's lost a couple along the way. I think she wears a well. Would have been a, would have been a, a likely type for this. I think. She would um, like, hook up as like a similar market? profile to Let's Dance, um, in that they both ran in the triumph and both were second season novices. She won her maiden her well in Fairy House, made a mistake when Royal Kahala beat her, but I thought Royal Kahala beat her fair and square back in Fairy House, and she did a good run then behind Appreciated. I don't mm. think there's that much between Rosie's Hollow, Royal Kahala, and Galwa. They were first, second, and third in Fairy House. I think a, a mistake here, a good jump there, could turn that form any which way. Um, and Glenn Zavantrum is a rock solid maiden to be honest with you Tommy I could see any one of the five of them winning and it won't surprise me but I don't know which one yeah I thought Hookup maybe the day she was beaten by Roy Cahalid I thought that maybe Stamina was an issue and then the last day she did nothing but fly home uh, she has me slightly confused I don't know what to make of her she's either very very good or just things maybe fell nicely for her the last day I don't know Mick have you a strong opinion yeah I, I really fancy Hookup I thought she got okay. She made a mistake at the wrong time. They got away from her a little bit. And she, like you say, she finished the race off really well. I think if Appreciate It goes and wins and Barry Adam runs a big race in the opener, I think she'll go quite short because I think plenty of people latch on to that. Um, I like her. I think she's got a good profile, you know, and I think she, she looks a much better horse this year. She actually reminds me, now I could be talking an absolute bollocks here, but she reminds me of Concertista because she went to the race the previous year, Ruby, and then went and won the following season. She did, yeah. Concertista had her first run in the race as a, a first run ever over hurdles. And she just got caught on the line at 50 to 1 with Danny Mullins, Eglantine, the side gender. Um, yeah, I would be slightly concerned about hookup stamina, but I don't have a strong fancy in it. I think Willie Mullins has much stronger horses uh, across the week and he may well win the race but whichever one wins will be won't be carrying any of my money Tommy All right, we'll, move, we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll move on to, to uh, Friday because there's some terrific race and obviously but the big the big race obviously is the Gold Cup and, and a bit of history potentially in the making for album photo it's been much publicised and it's just I think it's a feeling of people that haven't really been taken by by album photo for whatever whatever reason you want, but the, the facts are he won he won when, when when stamina was 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 demanded he won when the race wasn't exactly run to suit he's just a, a classy horse 
tends to find a way to win. Is he is he on course, Ruby, for three? I think he is. Um, I know Paul Townend thinks he is as well. He's very confident, and you got to love it when your jockey is confident. Um, I, I exactly as you, you described it, Tommy. Won a slow race, won a fast race. Um, he has new opposition, champion of Plutar, a mm. new opposition to him. So is fraud on, but I, even though he's a King George winner and he's won a Cleve or a Cotswold chase, I just still think Frodon has to improve a little bit. I don't know why. Um, I don't particularly fancy Santini. Kenboy has disappointed in two Gold Cups. Um, I think Album has it all. And right now, looking at it, he is the only one of the top three or four even guaranteed to get the trip. He yeah. has form at three miles, two four downs and 70 yards. The rest of them don't. I, I think a horse that obviously brought itself into the picture uh, was was an absolute tar, but I thought last year, I know it won at the festival two years ago, I thought last year it made the fences look big. And that, that seems strange for a horse that won over fences the previous year, but I just felt it felt like an, a real effort to jump. Maybe stamina will bring it, but I don't think he can afford that in the Gold Cup. Mick, how would you, how would you go with that? Uh, I have to admit, Tommy, I did uh, several previews last year and he was my nap of the meeting mm. at Plutarch. I couldn't see him beat after his win in the novice year before in the Ryanair. And he got beaten. He wasn't beaten far by Min, but I, I was like you, totally underwhelmed by him. You know, I thought he made a hard work of it in the Ryanair. And if you, if you stop that race at Leperstown, the Savills, two out or three out and I say to you right that Mellon gets beat and Kenboy gets beat you would laugh you'd say you're talking to your pee hole because there's no way our Plutard wins that race from there no way and I think it was the fact that you know maybe if you what happened to the others played into our Plutard's hands look he is a very good horse. Now, that there's no doubt. He's winner at the festival already. But you are just guessing a little bit about his stamina. With Album Photo, there's no guessing. No guessing required. He was really good in last year's race. Paul Townend kicked at the right time. And he just it looked like he just hung on. But riding Cheltenham Festival winners is all about timing. It's better to be, I only just hung on to... I only just didn't get there. You know, trust me, <laughs> I'd rather have the farmer where I only just hang on. <laughs> and what about what about Champ's preparation, Mick? What do you make of that? I don't think it's, I think it's far from ideal and I'm not sure what I think about the RSA last year. I know Ruby has an opinion that he, uh, you, you've said it, Ruby, I think in the, in the past about you felt that, that Champ was quickening last year and all that. I just thought they, they kind of went a bit hard. And, oh, I thought he jumped stink. Am I the only one who thinks he, he jumped? Yeah. Like people, I was doing something similar earlier, and someone said to me, "Champ robbed the RSA." He didn't rob it; he gave it away, and the others yeah. gave it back to him. He yeah. jumped that bad down the back straight. Like he got into the boat. Fitzy had been watching it closer than me, being associated with Nicky's yard. But he got to the board of every fence in the back straight. Yeah. And as bad as a blue char jumped, Champ jumped worse than the RSA, and mm. still managed to win. He's a very good horse. I loved him in Newbury. I loved that he found the half strides all by himself. Nico didn't have to haul him back or hang on to him. The horse found the half strides all the way himself and he looked a different horse. Look, Fitzy will have been watching him. What do you think, Mick? Well, last year, I was down at the... I was down at the second last. So I, I ran between the second last and the last fence. Uh, and I... There's no way Champ was going to win. 
after the second mm. last. No way, because the other two were gone. And then Manelli Indo stopped dead at the last when he landed at the back of it. And it just opened the door. And it's funny, when you're riding one that's coming at Cheltenham and you smell it, you know, it almost, you, you can feel them stopping in front of you. And you can smell it. And the horses then get a bit of a run because they've got a little bit left. And you, it feels like you just, it's like a fella pulling up in a lay-by and cars just going past you. That's what it's like, that place. And that was exactly what happened with Champ. He basically went by the two like they were in the lay-by. But it was only because he'd made so many mistakes going around there. And it'll be just, the only question mark I'd have about Champ you won't be able to ride him like they rode him in the game spirit. In the game spirit, you could pop him out handy, let him see everything, and you're in control. He's he's a horse that's got a lot of natural pace. You know, when he, he used to be really keen over two and a half, and when he won with Mark Walsh riding him at Aintree in that three-mile novice hurdle, basically Mark Walsh was brilliant on him. He switched him right off at the back and got him to go to sleep. And then he was able to finish the race off. The worry was always with him that was he going to get home because he was going to be too keen. My worry with Champ will be how will he react when he's in amongst the pack in a race like a Gold Cup? That'll be the only concern I have about him. I'm not worried about his ability. I think he's a good jumper because Nico has done an awful lot of work with him. A lot of pole work. He's been to Henrietta Knights a lot. And that was evident in the way he jumped at Newbury. But the only concern I'd have is a decent-sized field and in that pack, it'll be a very different ballgame. Ruby will tell you, you can't dictate where you go when you're in the pack. You have to go where the slot is. I think the problem I have with him is that we'll have to wait probably three or four fences to know where we stand with him, how he's jumping. He was excellent the last day, but as you said, he went out in front. What I liked, I suppose he showed the pace to lead over that trip, whereas um, he's not going to try to do that from the front. So I think it'll be, it might be too late to have a bet on by the time you realise he's maybe he's jumping really well or he's settled into a good ry- rhythm. Um, Santini, I know, you, I, don't, I know you're not going to give up on him, Mick. No, he's, got, he's going to wear a headgear. He's, uh, he had cheek pieces on him in last year's Gold Cup. They're putting a the visor on him. Uh, he's schooled in it uh, yesterday um, and he jumped okay. Like he, he is quite a good jumper, but he just gets behind the bridle a little bit. The visor will help him. I think, you know, he needs help though because he drops off at the wrong time in a race. And in a yes. gold cup, you can't afford to drop off because then you're behind horses. You've got to pull out around him. You watched last year's race. He got stopped twice at crucial times only because he didn't have the pace to get himself out of the hole. And that, that's costly. I think it's, it's kind of unanimous. We're thinking, I've, I've, I've gone over Clifford Santini at this stage. I think I can't follow him anymore. Um, Album Fondo seems to be the one. And hopefully, it'll be a bit strange that, that he ha- he hasn't been, 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 been lauded as much as maybe he deserves. And if he does do it a third time, it'll be in front of an empty state, uh, stand, which is going to be a bit bizarre for him. I don't think Connections will really mind. Now, we've only got about 10 minutes left, maybe less. So we'll kind of rush through the others a bit. It's a good triumph hurdle. Ruby? It is, but I'm in love with Arsene and uh, Tommy. I've been taken with Zana here from the word go. Yeah. We had Dark Voyager primed to a hilt in Ballinrobe, and uh, Zana here, who did things wrong, still beat him, went to Fairy House then, and that was the same day as the Royal Bond and a good handicap hurdle, and he just ran fractions that six-year-olds mm. should be running, not four-year-olds, um, and he won a slowly run race at Christmas. He's He's 
gone back favour this evening um, instead of flipped with Tritonic and I think that's the right odds I, I, I've i been taken with him I think he's just, I think he's, he reminds me of our Connor I think he could do something similar Interesting uh, Mick, great race isn't it? Yeah, it is a very good race uh, the one thing I will say is Tritonic was 99 rated our second at Royal Ascot on the flat got a little bit of class his jumping was sticky the first day at Ascot but the last day at Kempton on good ground he looked good and he's a very strong stayer. This track will really suit him. And, yeah. you know, from the back of the last, if he's close to Zanair and you back Zanair, you'll be panicking because this fella will come home strong. <laughs> yeah, it has, it has the makings of a vintage uh, Triumph hurdle, in fairness. Uh, very, very quickly, then we're going to just take a few questions. There have been questions put in, but just before that, um, the Albert Bartlett, Statler is, is, is slight favourite. Far too keen the last day from my liking. Up and trip isn't is if he doesn't settle, he just can't win, Ruby, can he? Uh, I thought he settled well enough. Danny was making the run around Tommy, but I think when you watch the last furlong and a half of the race, it was two miles and six, and you think, well, what mm-hmm. happens if that race goes for another two furlongs? Well, in two furlongs' time, watching the race I was watching, Fakira would have been a long way in front of Statler. Statler was mm-hmm. going backwards. Fakira was going forwards. And I think they should be the other way around in the betting. I, I think Fakira looks the strongest there. Interesting. Mick? Yeah, I'm a I'm a Fakira fan. Uh, I watched him when he won at uh, Navin. He won that uh, grade three from Fire Attack. He came from the back. He looked like he was off the bridle the last day. I think they're putting more headgear on him. Um, he looks like he just needs a little bit of help. He's a strong stayer. That's the sort of horse you need. You you just worry on half decent ground if there might be one or two too good for him. But you know, he's ticking all the right boxes, but you know, he's he's a seven to one shot, and I think that's probably about right. It's a wide open race this year. It yeah, it does look that type. Barbados books, the best of the British, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I, I like Paul's other horse, three under two five, owned by Max McNeil, is not a bad horse. He's another one who keeps keeps finding enough to win. He doesn't look that impressive every time. And Paul says there's very little between the two of them. Um, you know, Barbados books is an official rating of 139. You'd be expecting something to win this around the 145s, 150 rating. So he looks like he's got a little bit to find. Yeah. We have a few questions, as I said. Uh, we'll run through them quickly. Quite short answers, please. Sorry we're pushing it now, but... Um, Graham Smith has a question. Who have the most winners are in the ring? Then is that even is that even an argument? That's not even a question. No, no. They, no. I think they, they, I think the bookies are giving a six six lead to the to the British in the handicap. Uh, Declan Conway, Damien Keane, uh, similar type of questions. How many for a bet? How many how many winners will Paul Townend have? I was you could get him seven plus. I'd get out. Wow, it's interesting. Make sorry six five five. Five, because I think he's got a few choices to make, and as Ruby knows, not easy to get it right all the time. Ruby, no, Jesus, it's not. But like, as far as I know, I could see with two the first day, two the second day. Torres is a bit of a struggle for him, but I think he's great rides again in the last day. I, 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 if you can find six, six and up at a price, I, I take it, and I think it's a great bet because it gives you an interest in every race from the start to the finish. Question not, not from the audience, but in, in relation to this, Mick, 
it seems like there's a bit of an Irish dominance in recent times and, and, and this year looks just stronger than ever. Is, how has that been picked up in, in, in Britain? Well, I think they, they realise they've got to get their checkbooks out because <laughs> they're not buying these horses. They're not buying the right horses. And I think, you know, I've said it for a long time, you know, Willie has a great team of people buying horses for him because mm. they're getting there before everybody else. And mm. uh, Miriam Murphy Wood, Paul McKenna, John Meyer, all the same type of questions. Does the lack of people at the race course um, will it spoil the event for TV? And with, does this have a negative financial impact on horse uh, for trainers and uh, jockeys? Well, it does because it has a negative impact on pri- on, on gambling in the UK, and therefore it has an impact on prize money. Uh, will it affect jockeys, trainers, or horses on today? No, not really, because. Mm. They're used to doing it most other days of the week, Monday to Friday. Um, it, it's probably a disappointment because it is the one time in the year where you get to ride at a, at a full venue. So that was always a, a, a like entry, Punchestown, Cheltenham. They're jam-packed venues, Galway. That it, there's a buzz riding at those and partaking at those. So the buzz is missing, but it's something that they're well used to. It, uh, Tommy, I'll just say... I'll take you back to Camico winning the Guineas and O'Sheen Murphy riding his first classic winner. And he turned to salute the crowd and then he realised there's no crowd. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll be like that for a lot of the lads. Yeah. A few of the questions have been along the lines of is there there any value against uh, against Willie or against Paul to be the top jockey? Probably not, is there? I don't see it. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. Maybe in the without market, uh, Rachel or, or Brian Cooper and uh, Nico, always, obviously riding for Nicky Henderson, will always ride a couple of winners. But um, no, I don't. I don't see it. Was it a correct decision? We won't go into this because there has been talked about a lot. But uh, John Cotton asked, "Was it a correct decision to stop the the amateur jockeys competing at the festival?" No, I look. I, I'm a. They have a conditional jockeys race at the festival. So I, I, I feel gutted for all the lads that come over and ride in those races. It's, it's their whole season, you know, can be based around trying to get a ride in one of those races. And, you know, I, I feel desperately sorry for them because, you know, they don't get many opportunities. And, you know, I think it's a real shame, especially as, you know, we're due to come out of lockdown on the, on the 29th, which is only in two weeks' time. Yeah, it's frustratingly uh, close, as you say. The amateurs wouldn't mind having a winner in front of an empty stand. It doesn't really matter. It would be lovely to get it, wouldn't it? I, I, I do, but I think it was a completely technical decision, Tommy. Um, yeah. I wrote about it in the examiner. It had to do with what the definition of elite sport was. It wasn't a decision really made by Cheltenham or the BHA. It was basically government guidelines from the British government. And look, it is a sickener and it's disappointing. And I feel sorry for them all. But I don't think you can point the finger at Cheltenham or the BHA and say that to your fault you wouldn't let them ride. It's not. It's a yeah. government decision and we're all following guidelines of different governments. And and that goes back to what we last year. Like the, the government guidelines didn't tell us not to go. It just is something happened. No. It's just one of the things we are following what we've been what, what's been told and advised for the best for the for, for, for the goodness of people as well as the game. Um Brahman O'Donnell asked a question. She's looking for a lucky fifteen suggested for each day. I think you, Ruby, you that covered on Monday. I've been through it in depth, so it's, def- it's definitely in Monday's pa- paper. Um, 
here's a good question. We'll finish it up on this now. It's slightly Cheltenham related. We'll have to try and bring in Cheltenham into it. Paul Drummond asked, who was the one horse that had the great potential uh, that you rode that never realised it? We'll go with Mick first. Uh, a horse called Blue Royal. I led oh, yeah. Istabrak, I led Istabrak over the last when he won his uh, third champion hurdle. And I thought, this horse will be back next year. He'll win the Arkham. And unfortunately, he never delivered the goods. You know, he, he was a very, very good horse. And look, with you know, there's lots of people who have stories about horses like that, but it was a real shame for him and for his owner. Yeah, I remember him well. Ruby? Oh, Vatour. Without doubt. You know, Never you can get to see half, half wow. enough of him. Wow. And just I, know he won, I know he won three times at Cheltenham, but he was he's the closest horse I ever rode to call us there. Gave a display of jumping one year that would, that would take you away. Right just... He yeah. just, I think he was an incredible resource. It was phenomenal. We better, we better wrap up for the week. Ruby, what's your best bet for the week? Oh, I need to double on the Tuesday. Um, Monkfish and Shaq and Porsoa and do a travel with the three novice chasers, Shishkin, Monkfish and Envoy um, Allen, Paul Town and plus six for an interest for the whole week. Wow. Well, Nate? Oh, look, I, I, love, I love Monkfish. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of him. I think Chatham Street lad and mm. St Calvados are very, very good each way bets in their, their both their subsequent races. And for me, I think it's a Royal Pagai if he turns up in the national chase. And also for a handicap, I like Champagne Gold. I think he ran a superb race on his handicap debut in a really competitive race. I think he'll be suited. Not certain whether it's the County Hurdle or the Martin Pipe. Um, he'll be suited by a strong pace. I think he's a horse that's going to improve a ton. I could see him being back next year for better races. Uh, Mick, Ruby, thanks very much. And we're going to hand back to Colin. Thanks indeed to our three wise men. What a performance by Tommy, Ruby and Mick there. If the racing next week is uh, half as exciting and entertaining as the past hour, then we are in for a fantastic time. Uh, as well on Monday, we mentioned the 20-page Cheltenham Preview Magazine supplement is out. Wonderful insights, interviews, information, tips aplenty in that, and that will whet the appetite for the four days of the Cheltenham Festival, which gets underway on Tuesday. And in Tuesday's Irish Examiner, we're back to our daily sports supplement. You'll be delighted to hear. Uh, Tommy and Ruby will be heading the team for us uh, for the four days of the festival with their tips and thoughts each day. Ruby as well will be posting a video postcard every morning from Presbury Park at around 9am to look ahead to that day's racing. So that's a, a new initiative from us. And as well, don't forget our website, www.irishexaminer.com forward slash sport for all the breaking news during, before and after the uh, racing at uh, the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, want to mention as well the uh, assistance we had uh, in putting tonight's programme together. Our thanks to 888sport.com and also a huge thank you to our marketing department, to Karen and Nicola in the background there and to all the big team here in VE studio for uh, tonight's broadcast. That's it from me and the team here tonight. Good night. God bless. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 